take over part number four. Look at me now, theme scripture. I have not, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Look at me now. Joshua chapter number five, verse number nine. Joshua chapter five. If you go into your app, go right into your Rock Life Sermon Notes, March 24th, tap on it. It'll open up for you and you can follow along. If you want to make notes, the little blue square is for you to tap on and just write as you want. Then, then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So name, so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. A thought and a process for today, life in the middle of perceptions, misconceptions, and misappropriated character background checks can bring someone to their breaking point. Looking over our lives, we have all had these kinds of moments where we had to depend on someone to verify our reputation. In some cases, it was not, it was not a good feeling waiting on the results. However, with Joshua and the Hebrews, we can see the same things occurring with their name and their character being smeared and tarnished to the point that their enemies saw them as a laughing post of failure. Unworthy and an incapable nation of being anything beyond a slave to the Egyptians that was not capable of living a free life. I am reminded of my own failures and mistakes, where I was considered to be the cousin and brother and a son of a preacher that would never achieve anything in my life due to the failures and mistakes. The reproach of being considered the black sheep became my name. However, I can imagine that God felt the same way about the sons of Israel. His disgrace and disdain for their rebellion brought about their reproach with God. Let's take a look at how things turned in favor of the entire nation. Let's ride today. When we think about our textual backdrop, you can see that Joshua and the children of Israel have finally crossed over the Jordan on dry and firm ground where they are now settled outside a desert near Jericho. Our textual observations, you can look at it. There are two kings that are watching and they're looking, and they can see that the children of Israel have completely crossed over the Jordan. God has created a miracle. He's dried up the waters. He's cut off the waters. They've all made it across safe. And seeing this, we can see again that their hearts melted. They were no more. Their spirit in them no longer was there because of this miracle. 
We can see in the story here that, 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 that God commands Joshua to circumcise all of the men who were not under Moses, to circumcise them. We can see here in verses 10 and 12, this is something that, that we're going to begin to teach about throughout the rest of this year. The, the people celebrated the Passover on the next day and they ate from the land that they had taken possession of. Here it is. And the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land. Can I just rest there real quickly? The, the land that God has given you, the crossover has already taken place. We've went through on dry, firm ground. You're still standing. We're still standing. But it was at that moment where they, where they were in a place where they could now eat from the land because for 40 years, there was no agriculture. There was no produce. There was no vegetation. There, 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 was, there was no places where they could, they could settle themselves to grow their own food. There was no resources for 40 years. They were in a wilderness where God had to provide food for them. It was at the moment that they crossed over and settled themselves where they were able to now eat the fruit of the land. And from that day, manna ceased. No longer did God have to provide for them. They were now in a place where they could now cultivate their own food and the resources for their generations to come. Theological observations, if you can look at it. God honors Joshua and the sons of Israel in the eyes of their enemies. He rolls away their reproach against the sons of Israel. The two textual voices that you hear in this thematical theme, God speaks to Joshua in verses 2 and 9. The angels and the captain of the Lord of hosts speak to Joshua in verses 14 and 15. When we look at this story here, I, I want to begin to talk about how God rolls away the reproach from the children of Israel. As you've heard in our theme today, that there are many things that happen in your life that have brought a reproach upon your name. Growing up, I can remember my actions and my misdeeds and my misfortunes brought a, brought a reproach upon my name and it brought a reproach in the relationship with my father and my mother where my father did not speak to me for years my father did not support me for years he he banned me from calling home and banned me from coming around my family because my life had become so disruptive that he wanted to protect the rest of the family and so put a reproach upon my name something that I had to allow God to take away. And as I begin to grow in the Bible and I begin to grow in the spirit, I remember people would come to me and say, man, the anointing of God is on your life and God is using you. But the person who I had brought a reproach against would be standing there saying, you're not out of the woods until I tell you. You are not in the presence of God and you are not walking right until I tell you, uh, until I let you know that you have been validated your life is still unpleasant to me 
That was my father talking to me. That was my dad talking to me publicly. He said it publicly. He denounced me publicly. He, he said, I, I have to deal with the shame and the dishonor and the disgrace of your life. You brought a reproach against my name. I remember my father telling me that your last name is not your name. It's my name. And you only get to walk with that name until you honor me and until you honor the name. And until then, you're not my son. I don't know who you are, and I don't care what everybody's telling you. I will not release my mantle upon your life until the reproach has been rolled away. How many of you have been dealing with a bad name? How many of you ever had to walk around family and deal with family and you walk in the room and everybody's like, oh, there he go. There they go. Oh, here they come. Put, put your stuff up. Duh. You better hide. You better do this. And everybody be quiet. And you walk in the room and everybody's separating, and going to their own cliques. And you're thinking that they're talking about you, but actually they're not. You're dealing with the spirit of reproach. <laughs> You're dealing with the spirit of denial. You're dealing with the spirit of disgrace. You're dealing with the spirit of dishonor. When we think about the children of Israel, they came out of Egypt with the spirit of reproach already upon their name. People laughed at them. They talked about them. But I want to just let you know something. Now that you've crossed over, I need to just tell you, look at me now. <laughs> just look at me now. Look, look, look at me now. I'm, I'm able to call my daddy and tell him, why weren't you in church? And I need you to hear your pastor today because I'm in charge right now. And to see my dad submit to my authority, to see my father call me and say, son, I'm praying for you today. I want you to stay strong. I remember when my father wouldn't call me. I remember when my dad wouldn't allow me to hug him. I remember when my dad, uh, he he, he, dis, he disowned me publicly. He would not come to any concert. He would not hear me sing. And every time I sang, he said, you're still out of order. You and I are still out of fellowship. And until I roll away the reproach of what you've done, man, God ain't going to be blessed. So you stay right there. <laughs> I remember when I got married and he walked down the aisle. He said, you should be lucky that I'm here. You, you should be lucky, but, but look at me now. Look, look at me now. There, there came a moment where I crossed over. Even though I was walking in years of my life in disgrace and dishonor, there comes a moment where enough is enough. My God, the blessing of the Lord was riding on my life. Forty years in the wilderness, the blessing of the Lord is riding in your life, but there comes a point where you got to say now look at me now just look at me now I ain't perfect but look at me now I know where I came from I, I know what I've been through in my life but look at me now Vita look at me now look at me now I'm still standing when they fall come on now come on now what does it look like? Look at me now. I'm on the other side. Look at me now. Look at me now. Look at me now. I'm living better. I'm thinking better. I'm doing better. Look at me now. Look at me now. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, look at me now. Look at me now. Come on. Look at me now. 
The children of Israel had, had this reproach upon their name. Why would God say, and I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from them? Because a lot of times, your Egypt situation is what causes you to bring a reproach against God. Now, now we can easily say that there was a reproach with them with Egypt. But the reproach that God is talking about, I've rolled away the reproach that they brought out of Egypt against me. I allowed them to go through some things, but look at me now. Number one, look at me now. Say what you will. Number one, look at me now. Say what you will. Sometimes you got to say, say what you want to say. Say what you will. But what they knew about me is no more. <laughs> say what you will. Used to call me a failure and a loser with no real God, but I'm still standing. That, that's, that's how they looked at Israel. See, when you bring a reproach against the person that is blessing you, you cause your enemies to look down on you instead of looking up to you. And the Egyptians looked down on the children of Israel to the point that they called them a failure and a loser. Y'all got this real God that y'all serving and y'all out there in a wilderness about to die. Y'all in a wilderness can't even eat. In a wilderness and can't even buy no food. In a wilderness and you can't even live right. God then brought you through the ring. You ain't nothing but a failure. A failure. See your enemy is always aware of your good moments and your bad moments. Your enemy knows when you have brought a reproach against your own God. They, they knew it, they laughed at him. Look at me now, say what you will. Uh, what they said about you is not true that you won't make it on your own. I remember them telling me, you ain't gonna make it. You ain't gonna survive out here. You're gonna fall flat on your face, but say what you will. Look at me now, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Said that my marriage wasn't gonna make it. Said my children wasn't gonna be worth nothing. Say what you will, but look at us now. They're serving, hallelujah. We ain't the perfect family but I need to tell you something we're still standing through it all what they wanted to happen did not happen that we would die before we crossed over <laughs> have you ever have you ever experienced people wanting you to fail before you get there warning you there they're looking every day they're waking up did they die did they die did they die did they die but sometimes you got to turn around and look at the devil and say say what you will i'm still here say what you will look at me now look at me now baby i'm still standing here the bible says you shall live and not die oh rabbi i've been leave the report of the Lord that when you thought that I should die when you thought that my vision and my dream would die I made it to the other side I crossed over look at me now number two number two Ah, look at me now. God has. Sometimes you just can't say, say what you will. But sometimes you got to testify and say, God has brought us out of Egypt. He brought us from slavery to freedom. He brought me from chains to being no longer bound. He brought me out of a place that was miserable. He brought me out of Egypt, a place that had my generations bound for 400 years. But he brought 
brought me out at the right time. He brought me out in the nick of time. And when he brought me out, he didn't bring me out broke. He brought me out with everything that I would need to survive. Oh, look at me now. Look at me now. God has not only brought me out of Egypt, but he brought me through the wilderness. Even in my times of disobedience, he brought me out. He brought me through the wilderness. He brought me through the places where I turned my back on him. He brought me through a wilderness state in my life where I struggled, where I did not have, where I was starving, where I felt abandoned, where I felt lost, but he brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out of Egypt and then he brought me through by providing a cloud by day fire by night and he even gave me food to eat he even gave me resources that would take me through in the midst of my own reproach in the midst of my own disobedience he didn't leave me to myself he didn't leave you to yourself he didn't leave you to your own mind he understood that you were in disobedience but he said I'm going to feed you while you're walking around in a circle for 40 years I'm going to give you manna because I know that there's a day coming that you're going to say look at me now I'm standing on the other side I'm standing in a better place I'm standing in the best place that I can ever be in bless your daughter he brought us over to the other side look at me Look at me now. Or oh, he brought me out of Egypt where they were laughing at me. He took me through a wilderness where they thought I wasn't going to make it. But then he brought me over to the other side. He walked me through the middle of a dry riverbed on firm, dry ground. And I made it over safely. God has brought you through the middle of some crazy stuff. The middle of some defeat. The middle of difficulty. The middle of some losses. He's brought you through. But he kept you in your right mind. He kept you in your right mind. He didn't allow you to lose your mind when you should have lost your mind, when you should have given up, when you should have committed suicide, when you should have been down and out. He allowed you to stand tall and walk through the middle of a dry riverbed to the other side of your promise. Never gave up on me. Look at me now. Say what you will. Say what you want to say. Go on and say what you want to say, but guess what? You can't deny that God is on my side. You cannot deny that I serve a real God. You cannot deny that the God I serve is a God that loves me unconditionally. He's a God of miracles. He's the God of provision. He's the God that makes a way out of no way, turns my impossibilities into possibilities. He, he's dried all of my tears. Oh, Rabbi, he's turned my weakness into strength. Turn my sorrow into joy. Turn my brokenness into hope. Hey, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. I thank God for keeping me. Even though I didn't have it all together, he's kept me. He loved me enough to not let me die in the middle of a wilderness, to not let me break down in the middle of my problems. He loved me enough Say what you will, but look at me now. I'm shining. I'm standing. Hey, the power of God. Look at me now. 
God has brought me out, brought me through, taken me from level to level to level to level, never gave up on me. Number three, look at me now. He rolled it away. He rolled it away. I got to the other side and they're still talking about me. I got to the other side and they still don't believe who I am. I got to the other side and they still doubt me. I got to the other side and I still got problems. I got to the other side. I got to the other side. But look at me now. He rolled it all away. I need somebody to say, he rolled it away. Uh, what did he roll away? Because you got to understand that God felt dishonored. He felt disgraced. He felt embarrassed. He was ashamed of Israel. He had an issue, but he still loved them enough to get them across to the other side. He loved them enough to make sure that they fulfilled promise in their life, but there was still an issue. Look at me now. I can stand here and say, he rolled it away. What are you talking about, Pastor? Uh, look at it. He tells Joshua, and I have now rolled away the reproach of Egypt. You can now call this place Gilgal, the place where I rolled it away. I need somebody to think about it. You ain't got to live with your head held down. You ain't got to live in shame no more. Oh, Rabbi, what did, what, what did he roll away? The reproach of bondage. Uh, they, were, they were bound to a slave mentality. They were bound to being enslaved. They never knew what it was to be free. And sometimes when you get free, you've got to be careful that you don't honor God out of bondage uh, instead of your freedom. And they honored God through their bondage. They served him through fear. They served him through doubt. And so God now has to roll away doubt, fear, unbelief and give you a new name. Look at me now. I'm standing strong. I'm not going to allow anything to hold me back this season. Why? Because he's cleared my name. I'm free to worship. I'm free to bless him. I'm free to do what I need to do now. I'm free to live life as God has called me to. He rolled away the reproach of bondage. What else did he roll away? He rolled away the reproach of disobedience and dishonor. How were they disobedient? They didn't obey him. They dishonored him by leaving the promise behind. When the 10, the 12 went over and spied out the land for 40 days and for 40 nights, they came back with all of the proof that God was telling the truth. But 10 men decided that because they were fearful, because they didn't know how to accept their freedom, they were afraid, they caused the rest of the nation to dishonor and to disobey God. No longer can you dishonor and disobey God. You need to begin to say, God, roll away the reproach of disobedience and dishonor off of my life. I know you just rolled away the fear. I know you just rolled away doubt and unbelief. But this is the most important part of reproach.
scripture that you need to ask God to forgive you and you need to use the language of saying roll away the reproach of dishonor and disobedience that I brought against your name that I brought against purpose that I brought against my dinner generations roll it away God I apologize forgive me God I'm standing with my hands open he rolled it away come on now for 40 years in a wilderness they were disobedient son but God never gave up on them but he understood that if they're going to enjoy the promise if I don't roll away the reproach that you brought against me I always look at you through the place of sin I'll always look at you through the glass window of brokenness. You hurt my feelings. You did me wrong. I know you're enjoying yourself, but you did me wrong. There's nothing worse than reaching your promise and somebody reminding you, but you did me wrong. You got all that you need and somebody saying, but you did me wrong. You never came back and apologized. You, you, you never came back and, and, and asked for us to be friends again. You just kept on going and you didn't even turn around. God understood that the children of Israel didn't have it in them to do. So he had to do it for himself. He had to do it for them so that they would be able to enjoy the promises that he had given them. So why am I going to hold you in contempt of something that I have given you freely? I know you jacked up, but I need to clear your name so that I can love you unconditionally, so that I can remain long-suffering, so that I can remain gentle and meek in my ways, so that I can cover you even when you still fail reproach the reproach of bondage the reproach of disobedience and dishonor look at me now he rolled away the reproach of shame the loss of a former generation now now he, here it is the first two had everything to do with you this last point in number three, one and two, he's doing it for you. But then point number three, look at me. He rolled it away. He's doing it for himself. <laughs> the reproach of shame. Shameful that I lost a generation. That I lost a whole generation. Everybody that was above 20, when they went into the wilderness, died off. Everybody else that grew up under 20 is who made it over to the other side. Come on now. That's shameful. That's painful. That's hurtful that I had to destroy a people. And I had to abort the mission. I gotta wipe away the reproach of shame off of your name, off of my name. Come on, think about it and look at it. The reproach. He rolls away the reproach. Look at me now. 
look at me now. I remember when I couldn't hold my head up. I remember when I couldn't see my father. I remember when I couldn't have a relationship with my brothers and my sisters because I felt so shamed. I was embarrassed. But look at me now. I'm standing tall. My brother's here serving me. My brothers and their sisters love me with all of their heart. I need you to just look up, lift up your hands and talk to yourself and say, look at me now. Used to be on the street. I was out there. Come on, where you come from? Tell yourself, look at me now. God has cleaned me up, set me on a path to make me clean, to make me whole. Every day of my life, I pray that my life will not become a hindrance to my children, that my past failures and misdeeds, the misappropriated actions of my life will not be the result of my children's failures. He rolled away the reproach off of their name so that they would never have to be reminded of what happened in Egypt. That's why the Jewish culture is so strong in saying that that will never happen again. If you spend any amount of time with the Jew, you will hear them say it. We will never be a slave to anything else again. We will own and rule and have dominion over everything that our hands touch. Come on now the same mentality that you should have. I will never be attached to that Egypt in my life ever again. I will never, that will never happen to me again. I, never happen to me again. I, God has freed me and now that he's freed me, now that he's crossed over and I learned the lessons, it's time to live God. Jesus' name as you lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come here, James. Stay there. I've watched you from the first Sunday you walked in to today and you don't look like the same guy at all. Does he? You don't look like the same guy that you were when you came in. For the rest of your life, I want you to just start telling yourself when you look in the mirror, look at me now. I ain't what I used to be. I ain't where I used to be. 
but look at me now. I'm standing, man, look, I mean, you got your butters on. You got the trays on. You got your polo gear on. Look at me now. You look like somebody that has walked into his own identity. See, when you experience the presence of God, you will change even before you notice it. The glory will give you a new appearance that you yourself don't even recognize. But you probably recognize it because guess what? The glory will tell you, don't you look different? You'll look in the mirror and be like, wait a minute, something about this glow on my life. And there's a confidence, I, I see it in you. You were already a tall man, but now when you walk in, it's just like, tall. I'm because that's what the glory does. It, it changes you. I speak to your life as your pastor. You'll never know what Egypt looks like a day in your life again. You'll just remember that I'm not going back there. And in the days to come, your boys are going to start following you. Just keep looking up. Keep looking tall. You're going to be the greatest father that you can ever be in your life. And the mistakes that happen in your generation, God says, I won't allow you to make them. God says, I'm going to raise you up to be a strong, strong voice. And I prophesy within the next months, within the summer to come, that you will begin to do your own business and work for yourself. You'll have your own. So just start looking for the building. Start looking, just go look and look for the neighborhood and put it in a good neighborhood where you can rest, where you can sleep. You and your girl, you and your boo, y'all going to live well and you're going to take care of her well. In Jesus' name, I love your son. Bless you, man. Jesus' name, the grace of God on your life. The peace of God in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Change your life. Those that are watching by way of streaming, I just need you to say, look at me now. To those that will view this on tomorrow and the rest of the week, look at me now. Your life is not the way that it was. God has brought you through. God has kept you. And he's rolled away so you don't have to live under condemnation and guilt any longer. You're free now. We love you. It's what we do. We create the relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. It's what we do. We take the risk, the relevant, innovative, sustainable, and kingdom-minded moments that change generations.